I see the opinion of classic football fans that think it's ruining the game, but I also think it's been happening forever, just not legally. And at the end of the day, I'm pro player and I'm pro like open free market. So, I mean, the player's value is a million dollars. I don't see a reason why the NCAA was instituting laws against making a million dollars. Welcome back to Stars Volta Season 1, Episode 20. Our next guest is a 6'5", 245-pound senior tight end at Northwestern University. In 2020, he helped the Wildcats win the Big Ten West and win the Citrus Bowl over Auburn. This year, Northwestern at 7-5, and you can watch them play in the Las Vegas Bowl on December 23rd versus Utah on ABC at 6.30 p.m. Central. Without further ado, the pride of straight Jesuit Thomas Gordon. Stevie, I'm excited to join. I've, I've seen a lot of your stuff, and I, I can't wait to get started. It's great to have you on. Good to see you guys winning again. You guys got it together, got a new coach, and you guys are going to play in the Las Vegas Bowl here in a couple of days. So we'll get started with talking about how you got to Northwestern. You're from Houston, and the high school career stats were 104 catches for 1,550 yards, 20 touchdowns, and in 2018, your senior season, you went off 550 yards, but 10 touchdowns that senior season. And I believe you're ranked as the number 32 tight end in the nation, the number 92nd player in Texas overall. Scholarship offers from Baylor, Boston College, Colorado, Duke, Iowa State, LSU, and you decided to go to Northwestern. What made you choose Northwestern? I actually committed December of my junior year right after that junior season ended. But I was kind of drawn to academics. Like I always thought, why not use football to be a vehicle to get like a degree I maybe not would have been able to get if I didn't have it. So, I mean, obviously Northwestern was a school I'd always like talked about. Duke, Vandy, Stanford was a big one that I wanted to go to. I took a visit here my sophomore year. I really liked it. I really liked kind of the culture environment they had going. Um, I liked playing tight end in the Big Ten. And I liked how my senior year, they were in the Big Ten Championship. They had like 10 win seasons a lot of the times in high school. So I kind of thought it was a home run uh, commitment because, I mean, you look at it, they got the academics, they got the athletics, they got the culture of the kids on the team. A lot of people like binded with me, and I like the coaches a lot. So, I mean, those were all big factors um, that went into my decision. And then senior year of high school, we had a, a really, really good team in Texas. Uh, the, the starting running back is the starting running back for Arizona right now. They've had a really big year. Uh, the backup running back plays for the Dodgers. Um, we had a receiver go to Virginia that year. DB go to Boston College. And then we had a, a D-line or linebacker. One of my best friends, Jeff Bush, is at Texas right now playing like D-line, and he's getting excited for the Sugar Bowl. So, I mean, a lot of talent through there and having really good teams, which is fun. And then there's someone else who's famous from your your high school Matthew Bowling yeah Matthew Bowling was in my grade and uh he, he was pretty crazy I mean obviously he ran the uh 998 uh 100 meter dash which I think broke the high school record um he kind of blew up our junior senior year he was always athletic but he finally ran the, uh, the events that he did the best at and it was it was pretty insane to watch happen and a guy coming from Texas going to the Big Ten, how much did you follow the Big Ten while living in Houston? I didn't follow it a ton because I grew up, my dad's from New Orleans, went to LSU. So, I mean, every Saturday we had LSU games on. I went to Death Valley every year to watch a game at least. Um, so, I mean, I followed it, but I was definitely kind of an SEC Big 12 country. But the year I like that, my junior season of high school is when the Big Ten had five, six ranked teams and was kind of competing with SEC for the top of the 
top of the college football for best conference. So I knew what it was. I knew it was it was top two conference in college football. And yeah, I mean, I, I, I was a big fan of that. And I knew tight end history in the Big Ten was huge. So I was all on board with that. So your senior season of high school, Northwestern, like you said, they won the Big Ten West. They lost to Ohio State in that game, but played in the Holiday Bowl against Utah which come for full circle. That's what you got. That's who you guys will be playing this year in that game. Obviously in the last, I believe it was uh, 17 years. Northwestern was coached by Pat Fitzgerald, the guy who I, I grew up watching. He took Northwestern to the Rose bowl. Tell us a little bit about your recruitment from Northwestern with him being the head coach. Basically, I mean, my, my relationship with coach Fitz was amazing. He's a, he's a player's coach and I kind of gelled with him immediately. I mean, his background of being a two-time defensive player of the year and stuff like that, being on the Rose Bowl teams and all that, kind of like really made me believe that he was the right guy I want to play for. I mean, when you have a coach that has been at your school and he's, he's literally like – a lot of coaches like talk the talk, but he actually had walked the walk. Like he knows everything about Northwestern. He's a Northwestern man. He had been here, like I said, done huge things like winning big awards and winning big games. So I thought like hearing his word, I, I could really trust it. And that was something that was like really important to me, like in the recruitment process. Once you got there, it looked like you got some playing time your freshman year. You guys went three and nine, but the following season, 2020, you guys won the Big Ten West again. You guys had... Uh, I believe it was one loss, and it was a tough loss against Michigan State. You guys went to the Big Ten Championship and, and lost to Ohio State. And then you, you guys ended up going to the Citrus Bowl, being Auburn. So that season was was 7-2. and two. Tell us a little bit about that season, You know what you learned, who were some of your mentors through, throughout those, those first two years. Yeah, I mean, that, that was a crazy season because the Big Ten actually canceled the season that year. Um, and then said there was no chance it would happen. So I actually took like a two week road trip around the country doing like national park camping and all that. And then I'm like in Montana or something, I get a text that we're playing again. And I, I kind of start freaking out because I mean, obviously I want to play, but I don't know. I was just, I had not expected to play that year because they canceled the season literally, but it was just, it was fun. I mean, everyone, the biggest thing here is everyone plays for each other. So that year, like obviously it was a weird year because no fans, which I think we always thrive on being at Ryan Field and stuff like that, but also just like not being able to like go out, go out to dinner sometimes in Evanston, like all that stuff just kind of brought us all really closer because we spent all day, every day together. Um, and I think ultimately that was one of the biggest reasons we won all those games. So, and having that experience probably helped going into this year from from that moment going into 2021 and 2022 it was some more down years and maybe you can elaborate on what happened or what was going on your sophomore season you actually got your first catch it was on november 13th versus wisconsin but that year you guys were three and nine and then last year you guys were one and eleven going into this season you guys were one for your last 17 and then you lost your opener to Rutgers, which made your record over the last two years was four and 21. There was, there was a lot of losing that went on from that period from winning the Citrus Bowl versus Auburn. What was the culture like or the morale or what do you think led to all of those losses? I mean, I think obviously 2020 had a really good year led by a lot of like fifth year seniors and older guys that have played a lot of ball. So I think 2021 was just rough in that sense is I think we all kind of grew together during that time. But over both those two years, I think just the biggest issue with us is we were struggling to kind of gel together out there on the field. 
Um, like now when you're seeing this year, we're all just gelling perfectly together. Things are going well. When things are going down, we, we trust that we will win and we'll come back and like no challenge is too big for us, as you can see in the Minnesota game down 21 in the fourth quarter. But I think we might have lost a little bit that the last two years, which kind of hurt whenever we were down and you look around and, and it's just hard to come back when things are going. It's just a, it's a snowball going downhill and it's... <laughs> You feel the weight of your shoulders on you when nothing's going right for so long. But kind of just winning some games and snapping out of that has been huge for us. And like I said, just playing for each other and gelling has probably been the biggest reason why we win games. And if we don't have it, it's the biggest reason we lose games. David Braun had a, a task, a hard task to take over. He came came over from being a two-time national champion at North Dakota State. I believe he was there for, for four years. He comes over to be the defensive coordinator, to be underneath Pat Fitzgerald. And then obviously Pat Fitzgerald gets fired over the the offseason and the stats that I mentioned you know you guys were four and 20 over the last two years and it was four and 21 after the loss to Rutgers what were you guys thinking like oh here we go again I mean after the loss to Rutgers we we the game obviously did not look good but I think people made some plays and we kind of saw like the future of something that could definitely work out I mean I remember all the position coaches saying like look we got a really good team we just got to like put it all together and I think knowing that, it's, it, there's definitely hope because if you didn't see any of that, then there's no hope and you're thinking the same things the last couple of years. But knowing we have really good players and really good talent on the offense and defense, like I think that helped greatly. So, I mean, after we lose the game, it's like tough. But then we come back and we beat Utah pretty handily, like 37-7 to or 34-7. to So that kind of got us back on track. And after that, we kind of knew we had a good team and then we just kept winning. I mean, for the first 10 games, we won one, lost one. And so after we beat Wisconsin at 5-5, five and five, I think we really knew we had something going because at that point we had a won a road game since like 2020 I think but yeah I mean again it goes back to that first game and people could have had two decisions to make to keep going or, or to not keep going and I think everyone in that locker room had a lot riding on this year so we all just chose to keep going what has coach David Braun's message been to you guys his message really is just to stick together I mean when we're all playing at our best and playing together, we can beat anybody. And that kind of shows when the first half of Penn State when we're playing the top 10 team in the country and it's tied at halftime. Like when we play our best ball, no one can beat us. And we have to just trust in ourselves and trust that fact. And when we do, it's, it's good things happen. Yeah, that, I mean, that Minnesota game was was electric. I mean, you guys were down, like you said, 21 points. It was 31 to 10 going into the fourth quarter. And you guys read off two straight touchdowns. And then with two seconds left, you guys scored to force overtime. Minnesota kicks a field goal. And then Mangieri catches the, the game winner to, to seal the deal there. From that point, you guys would win, lose, win, lose, win, lose. And then the game against Iowa in Wrigley against a team that is has a pretty stout defense. You guys played them pretty well. It was anybody's game in the fourth quarter and they just ended up pulling it out winning 10 to 7 and then from that point you guys rattle off the the final three wins like you said the, the win at Wisconsin you guys beat Purdue at home and then you guys won the hat you guys went to Illinois and won in Champaign so tell us more about David Braun he's a great dude I think he's blue collar he played division two football so I think things are just different he has a very big understanding of what it means to play in the Big Ten I think he's always wanted to be in the Big Ten but I think coming from an FCS school and, and playing at a smaller school in college has given him like a very big understanding of how great of an opportunity this is and I think all of us kind of rally around that I think he's a guy that we would run through a brick wall for I think he, he's passionate very very passionate in practice so that kind of energy uh is infectious and I think everyone kind of again rallies around that so he also gives us some great pump-up speeches before the game halftime and all that 
Um, but in general, I think he's a really good dude. He's very approachable. We feel like we can talk to him when we need. And I think at the end of the day, that's what you really need in a coach. You need some trust. You need him to be able to motivate. And you need him to be able to understand the whole student-athlete experience, which I think he's done a really, really good job of all three. So we were really fired up to make him our coach. I think a bunch of us put, like, hashtag remove the tag on Twitter. I don't know if that helped that much or not, but he got announced the head coach on the Wednesday after that Wisconsin game. So people were really happy about that. And, again, I think that's a testament to, like, how we played this year and stuck together and how good things can happen after adversity happens. Tell us about the tight end room because it seems that – plug anybody in there and you guys show up and anybody can make a, a big catch at any time yeah I mean it's it's a bunch of guys that all like want to play for each other and uh, are all very close off the field I've played with Charlie for five years now I room with Duke for four and then I play with Marshall Lang for it's our fourth year now so we've all kind of been together know what each other does best and we're all just happy for each other I mean rotating is not always easy because it's less reps for you but at the end of the day when you're winning games and everyone's playing good in your room and better things happen for your room everyone's happy so I mean the biggest thing for us is we always push each other every day competing because I mean everyone's good so I mean you can't really have an off day uh, in the tight end room so I mean it's just been really fun playing with those guys and watching everyone have a good year so it's been really exciting in 2020 when you guys won the Big Ten West you had Peyton Ramsey he transferred in from Indiana following year you guys had Hunter Johnson from Clemson Brian Holinsky from South Carolina Andrew Marty had some playing time there and and then last year, again, there was four different quarterbacks, including Holinsky, Sullivan, Freeman. And then this year, having Ben Bryant come in from Cincinnati, then get injured and having more people rotating. What What is that like to have different quarterbacks in there? Does it take time for you guys to gel? It definitely takes a little time. I mean, Ben came in the summer, so we didn't have a ton of time to gel, but we definitely threw as much as we could, kind of got on the same pace with all that. And other situations, when someone goes down or something, other quarterbacks we have have all played with us for many years now. They're all experienced, so. There's never a flinch in that. I mean, Sullivan came in and we went two and two and we won a really big game versus Maryland. So it's always just next man up mentality, I feel like. And we all kind of just trust our coordinator and QB coach will like take care of all that and that we all have the best chance of win. If we send someone out there that knows what they're doing, you know what I mean? It's not as bad as you think when quarterbacks change, but we've we've done a really good job here, I think, of being able to handle changes and and be able to play to our ability when that happens. Obviously, your guys' academic standards are higher than pretty much anybody else in the Big Ten. Michigan's up there as well. So recruiting someone into Northwestern is a little bit more difficult than any other team in the in the Big Ten. A lot of the the five stars are usually going to Ohio State or they're going to Michigan. And those guys are usually those two teams are usually winning the Big Ten. Do you guys see it as a disadvantage at all? I think I mean, it, when you look at it as disadvantage, then you kind of start feeling sorry for yourself. So we don't as players, I mean, we kind of let the recruiting staff and, and coaches handle all that stuff. But we don't really want to see it as a disadvantage because we don't want to see ourselves as less. And at the same time, we've played some of those teams really good. Ohio State came in here and it was a seven, seven and a half and they were struggling and they finally pulled out 21-7. But we've been involved in those games in the Big Ten Championship in 2020. We were also involved and that was a closer game. We are able to compete with those teams and like we, at the end of the day, football is football. Like no matter what your, your ranking is on paper and how good of a prospect you are on paper, like we all have to strap up the helmets and, and go and play each other. So, I mean, everyone does strap up their helmet the same way everyone ties their shoes the same way like at the end of the day everyone is human and we have to play a football game so it's sometimes we don't really think about all that instead we just really think about like our jobs and, and how are we going to beat these teams another aspect that comes into it we talked about you guys have been getting transfers that come in for quarterback and other positions so the transfer portal has been a, a big topic of conversation as well
well as the NIL. And I don't think the NIL was around for your freshman year, was it? No, it wasn't. It came the start of my junior year after the 2020 season. 2021 June is when the NCAA announced that NIL is now legal college football so that's been a factor as well when it comes to recruiting it also has a factor when it comes to just outside noise and distractions how have you guys handled that at northwestern do you have someone that is assisting you guys with nil the rules and regulations yeah our compliance department has done a really good job of kind of telling us our rules and stuff like that and then we have like an NIL guy upstairs in the compliance department that kind of tells you all of your the rules and stuff like that and can kind of give you advice sometimes. But then we also have a collective now run by Jacob Smith called True and You that's done a really good job of pulling money together from donors and, and letting us kind of get time in like the community, doing community service with different organizations. That's really cool and a really fun way for us to give back while also like being supported by those guys. So, I mean, it, it's been getting a lot bigger here and I'm happy in the direction it's going. So I'm excited to see like where that kind of continues to blossom. So do you go out and seek these opportunities? Are some of them coming to you and you evaluate them? How is that process going for you personally? Sometimes I go and seek it. If I want to do a brand a deal with the company, I have to go and seek that. Or sometimes they come to me. I have a marketing agent as well. So that kind of helps out and they can help me like and send me deals and stuff like that. So it's kind of a little bit of both. But at the end of the day, it's it's nothing crazy. Nebraska, uh, they've, they've come out and had a couple of uh, press conferences and said, you know, it's going to take about a million dollars to get a top quarterback to come and play uh, at a place like Nebraska or any any other big school out there. And then they just recently got someone to flip their commit. I believe it was from Georgia to Nebraska. I'm assuming that there's some kind of deal in there that's, you know, worth a million dollars or so. Tell me your thoughts about NIL, this kind of landscape when it comes to college football and whether you think that it's ruining college football or it will help it in the long run. I see the opinion of classic football fans that think it's ruining the game, but I also think it's been happening forever, just not legally. And at the end of the day, I'm pro player and I'm pro like open free market. So, I mean, if the player's value is a million dollars. I don't see a reason why the NCAA was instituting laws against making a million dollars in the past. And obviously you get your downsides. Like sometimes there's shady deals and sometimes you transfer and you expect money that's not there. But Ultimately, I believe it's very positive for the players and that they're able to like get some money while they're at it before they get to the NFL. They can support their family. They can save it. They can do a lot of things that they weren't able to do legally before this. So ultimately, I think I think it's just good that players have some power now and then and can get some money because of their game. I think there's some stuff going around and there might be some sanctions or they might adjust the way that NIL is worked through NCAA or whatnot. So we'll see what happens there. And you know, it's too early to tell whether it's a good thing or bad thing or if it's hurting or not. One thing that needs to be done for sure, it, it crossed the entire NCAA is to get more assistance to help student athletes like yourself really understand what is going on when it comes to these deals that they're signing and the repercussions and all that kind of stuff. But with the transfer portal, that's something else that has changed significantly. Used to be if you're going to transfer, you either have to sit out a year and now it's, or if your coach leaves, then you, you can uh, transfer and not have to sit out. Now you can transfer wherever you want, whenever you want. What has that done when it comes to, as your perspective, loyalty to a program as a student athlete? I mean, it, loyalty is still there, but it depends on your situation. I mean, at the end of the day, it's your life, your call, and sometimes you, you have to do what's best for you. So, I mean, it's it's no hard feelings. Whenever someone leaves here, there's no hard feelings. Everyone understands. Like, it's, it's a business at the end of the day, especially with money being thrown around now. Like, 
you kind of have to do what's best for you. And uh, unfortunately, loyalty is a little bit harder when there's money lying on the other door. But at the end of the day, I think it's good that players can leave when they want if they feel like it's the right decision. I mean, because before that, coaches could get fired or leave and take another job and and they could start at their new school immediately while players were kind of stuck in the limbo at their old school. And it was it was kind of a bad deal in that part. But yeah, I mean, I think it's ultimately helps player mobility and again, player power. So I think it's good ultimately, but obviously there's some downsides to it. And with you being in school while COVID happened, do you have another year on top of this? Yes, I have another year and I'm, I'm still trying to evaluate what I want to do with that year yet. Um, so we'll see what happens. I think I'll probably make a decision here in the next couple of weeks. Is one of those options to stay at Northwestern or do you have to go to a different school? One of those options is to stay at Northwestern, yes. Hopefully by the, uh, the end of this year, there's a uh, Las Vegas Bowl championship trophy in Evanston and then you're staying at, at Northwestern. But obviously there's some time to see what happens. So speaking about the bowl game, you guys are going up against Utah. You guys beat them, as we mentioned in the Holiday Bowl in 20, 2018. So this year, uh, it's a different team. You guys are going against an 8-4 and four squad that had some pretty good games this, this year. They had a, a dogfight with Washington. I believe it was in Seattle. And uh, the final, I, I think it was like 31-28. to 28. So they played them pretty close. They beat USC. They beat UCLA. They beat Cal. So it's a tough team that stacks up well against you guys what you'll be going against is a team that is ranked 17th overall in yards per game with 308 per game fifth when it comes to rushing which that's that i don't know how much we can put into that because it's 84.3 yards per game but they play in the pac 12 and they don't run too much in the back 12 your guys's defense stacks up well against theirs your guys's offense is comparable to theirs. You guys have more yards, more passing yards per game at 200. They are at 173. When it comes to rushing, they're at 186. You guys are at 105. And then points per game, they're at 24.5. You guys are at 22.8. You guys going over film for Utah, what have you seen from their defense and where can you guys attack? I mean, I think they're they're very physical. They play very fast. And, and one thing that's kind of weird for us right now is they have like 15 players in the transfer portal and both their safeties declared. So it's kind of like a weird cat and mouse game. We don't know exactly who we're going to be playing, like player-wise, and like it's trying to study film and stuff like that. So we're still trying to game plan for everything. So it's hard to like say exactly where we're going to attack them now. But we again, that's a major factor that we're looking at. And like maybe if there's unexperienced players, do we want to attack that spot? And sometimes we won't know that until the game starts. So still a lot left to be like done and, and studied, but we uh, feel like we have a good shot at winning this game. So, What have you seen from them coverage-wise? What are they, they normally running on average? Cover one a lot, especially if they're playing like an odd front, and then they're kind of letting their guys do a bunch of different stuff, and they're bringing a lot, they're heavy pressure teams, so when you bring heavy pressure, a lot of uh, one-high stuff as well. So they were definitely like spending the majority of time preparing for that. Yeah, it should be a good one, and it's going to be at 6.30 on ABC, so it's going to be primetime viewing for that. Have you ever been to Las Vegas before? Is this going to be your first time going? I went to Vegas when I was in eighth grade for an AU basketball tournament, so I haven't really been. 
like of age and stuff like that. So it's probably a little different. And we're going there for a week with the uh, college football team. So I'm, I'm pretty excited to see how that all goes and like kind of the cool events we get to do down there. Yeah. What are you guys? What do you guys have lined up? I think there's like an open ceremony the first day. I think we're doing some charity events as well through the bowl game. And then I think there's also like a, a magic night, magician night with somebody that won America's Got Talent. I don't know his name on the top of my head, but uh, that should be a fun time. And when you leave Northwestern, whether it be at the end of this year or you stay another year, tell us what the school has meant to you and what you'll remember the most. I think in general, the school has done a, a really good job and just developed me me as a whole athlete and as a whole person. Like I've been a big fan of the, the, the classes I take, the, the football I play, and, and now I'm in the Kellogg Grad School of Business. So, I mean, those are all big things. I mean, I've been a huge fan of all my teammates and stuff like that. I, I've been a big fan of everyone in this building. And it's taught me a lot because, I mean, going through adversity was, is never easy. I didn't go through a lot in high school. I think everything was like going pretty well for me in high school. So I like, get here and not play for a year, year and a half, maybe two years. Like that was tough. And then also like losing games, like that was tough. And it kind of just is a, a testament to like people that suck around and were able to like get some wins off. I mean, obviously we had stuff going on this summer and I think that's just the ultimate testament to like what the experience has been for us when our backs are against the walls. We've, we've done well and we've showed out. So I'm probably most happy about that. And I think in, in general, the, the experience has been very good for me. Yeah. I mean, and you can't complain. Your guys' campus is amazing. Um, Chicago's right there. And then you guys are, you just got approved for the, I think it's like $400 million renovation for the the football stadium, right? Yeah, it's a, it's actually eight hundred million, and they're like te- they're tearing down the stadium and they're building a new one that looks really really cool. So, when does that actually start? When do they actually tear down the stadium? I think they'll be starting here pretty soon. I think they have to get like one more permit to tear it down, but um, they're going to tear it down this year. We're going to miss twenty four, twenty five, and then I think it's going to open up in twenty twenty six. Where is Northwestern going to be playing the next two years for home games? I've heard some rumors about SeatGeek Stadium down south, and then I think towards the end of the year when the Cubs are done playing, we'll play some games at Wrigley and maybe hopefully some games at Soldier as well. So there's there's some options, but we'll have to wait and see what happens. Go ahead and let everybody know uh, where they can find you on social media and if there's anything else that you're, you're uh, repping when it comes to NIL or anything like that. Yeah, I got you. My Instagram is Thomas underscore Gordon three. And then my ex Twitter account is Thomas Gordon 87. You can follow me on those. I'm usually posting a decent amount. So awesome. Well, Thomas, thank you for being here. Number 87 in your program. Number one in your heart. Go give Utah hell and go cats. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me on, Steve. I appreciate it.